RadioInfluence.com. everyone and welcome to the monday edition of the dark delight podcast with chili chili val and chili huh yeah i love the morning chill now beans i you know what it was like that amazing temperature over the weekend like where it's not hot and it's not cold it's like 74 with no humidity that's a good one that that's that's what i like for spring i see that that's fall for us like except that it means that soon there's not going to be any any pool like probably within the next. Oh, the pool has been out of my life for well over a month now. I wonder what the weather is going it, to. It, it heats up again this week into the mid to late eight, uh, the mid to upper eighties. Well, you, you might get this this hurricane. Yeah, you know. Yes. Um, well, the, it, it might just be like a, a tropical storm by the time it crawls over the mainland, but. Yeah, depending on what it does, and and you know the crazy thing is with this, it's tropical storm Ian now. But last week. It was Thursday and Friday before, like, they really started talking about it. And Ron DeSantis declared a state of emergency, like, immediately, right? Mm. And I'm looking at these models, and I do this every year. I mean, the Atlantic hurricane season for me is, like, binge-watching Game of Thrones or something. Like, I'm obsessed with it. So I I see all these models in complete agreement about where this storm is going to go, like, before it's even actually a hurricane, a tropical storm. It was basically just a a mishmash of clouds or an invest when they started freaking out about it. And I'm like, this is really, really weird. Like, it's happened before because somebody who has a lot more experience with this than I do told me that it's happened before, that all of these models would agree so quickly. But then, like, things started to change a little bit. And then Levi at Tropical Tidbits started saying, like, okay, it's slowing down. We're not sure if it's going to stop here. But now it looks like this thing is going to hit anywhere between Tampa and the Panhandle. Yes, that's what that's what I was looking at. The path looked like coming up Gulf. Yeah, it's going to come up, you know, hit anywhere between, like, Venice, Tampa, and the and the Panhandle, and for a minute they thought it might hit Louisiana and and you know the Pan and do that, but and then it's gonna go. You know, looks more to me, to be honest, like it's gonna hit Western South Carolina more so than the coast. But there is one or two paths that show it veering off into the Atlantic, right off the coast of South Carolina, and then who knows what it does from there. So oh, let's ho- let's hope for that. Well, first of all, I want firstly, I have a lot of friends and family down in uh in the florida area and above that so you want everybody to be safe and to help this hurricane crap but uh on a more on a more uh selfish level they have some of these paths have shown it coming up all the way to new york by that point being just a tropical depression or whatever but uh it's going to hit on aurora's baptism day oh no you know so, what's crazy? So we may we may just cancel. We, there's chance that we might cancel the party by Wednesday. We'll she'll still receive the sacrament, but you know, you know, it's not my my. You know, somebody very close to me has this whole big thing organized for a year. All her kids are coming down to Florida. She lives on the east coast of Florida, and they they plan this trip. They're all going to Disney. They have this whole thing planned. I mean, all for a year, and now it's got to be probably canceled because of this. Like. It's just, it sucks when stuff like that happens. Indeed. It sucks. So we'll see. We'll watch it and see what happens. Um, All right, Frank, we're going to start the show today with FBI malfeasance because why not? Oh, that's a thing? (laughs) The single biggest threat, I feel anyway, 
to us in this country right now as an individual is the weaponized, the weaponized justice system, quote, justice system. Because the government has the power to strip you of your freedom, throw you in a cage, and keep you there as long as they want to. Mm-hmm. So a couple different stories that are really insane. One of them has gained mainstream attention now, but the other one is hasn't. Um, would you want to do pro-life, um, pro-life demonstrator, Catholic guy with a family of seven, like amazing in the community, arrested, or... Do you want to do California safety deposit boxes? Which one would you like first? Well, I, I know I've I already read about the first one. So let's just do the first the one I haven't heard yet. OK, we'll do that one first. Yeah. OK, so California, right? There's this business that starts up and it is just it's not a bank. It's just a basically a safety deposit box business. So all they do is loan out safety deposit boxes to people and you get in with like a biometric eyeball scan. It's like very high, high security. And they started like cops started casing this place and started noticing that, you know, a lot of drug dealers were going in and there's a precious metal store next door. So they started they opened up an investigation into the place because they thought there was money laundering going on out of there. And they were, in fact, correct at the end of the day. There was money laundering going on there, but there were like 700 something boxes in there. So the FBI goes to, to goes to a judge and tells the judge, we need, in order to take one or eight or whatever of these boxes, we need to take the entire place. So we need a search warrant to cover all of the boxes in the place, but we're not gonna take any of the people's stuff on, other than the ones that we, we know are, are the target, for lack of a better way to explain it. Okay. The, the judge grants the warrant with very specific, um, points not to go and you know everybody who's not involved in this conspiracy that that you're investigating you need to immediately provide them with ways to get their stuff back because they're seizing the stuff in the boxes they're not supposed to go through the boxes of the people that they don't target in this crime and they're they're just supposed to return these people's stuff well they end up seizing the fbi 86 million dollars in cash from these boxes and they start using the boxes to find crimes of the people that had them. So basically, if you had a safety deposit box in this place, the FBI took it and then tried to find something that you did wrong based on the contents of the box. Wow. Right? So, wow. yeah, it's bad. It's I can't I'm going to have to actually investigate this more and read the court case because it has blown me away. It says the opening paragraphs of the story in the Los Angeles Times are it took five days for scores of agents to fill their evidence bags with the bounty more than 86 million in cash and a bonanza of gold, silver, rare coins, gem studded jewelry and enough Rolex and Cartier watches to stock a boutique. They've tried to, the U.S. Attorney's Office has tried to block t- uh, public disclosure of court papers that laid bare the government's deception, but a judge rejected its request to keep them under seal. The failure to disclose the confiscation plan in the warrant request came to light in FBI documents and depositions of agents in a class action lawsuit by box holders who say the raid violated their rights. The court filings show that federal agents defied restrictions that U.S. Magistrate Judge Steve Kim set in the warrant by searching through box holders' belongings for evidence of crimes. They brought dog, drug-sniffing dogs in to smell the boxes to see if there was any scent of marijuana. Now, remember, California, it's legal to have marijuana. 
Well, not only that, but I think in, in over 90% of the cases, um, American American cash has trace, traces of cocaine on it. Yes. And it's so it's notoriously, it's notoriously, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, it's flawed. The, the, the dog sniffing money is flawed all, all the time. So it says this, this, this is a quote. There were five, there were six criteria in the warrant. The first five were pretty much normal, but he says the six to seize the store's business equipment for forfeiture was highly unusual. The government wanted to take not just computers, money counters, video cameras, and its scanners, but also the nests of safety deposit boxes and keys. The only way the FBI could seize the racks of boxes would be to take possession of the contents too. Any judge reviewing the warrant request would recognize a threat to the rights of what turned out to be about 700 customers who had locked away some of their most private and valuable belongings. Box holders would liken the raid to police barging into a a building 700 apartments and taking every tenant's possessions when they have evidence of wrongdoing by nobody but the landlord. This, uh, wow, why do they exist? In, in, I know. In some of the cases, prosecutors cited no evidence that the money was tied to any specific crime, alleging simply that a dog smelled residue on the cash or that it was bagged and wrapped in a way that aroused the suspicion of drug trafficking. Can you go back to the beginning just for a second and remind me why uh, why they – I mean what was the impetus for going after all these – Safety deposit box the, in the first. The owners of the of the business were yeah. using certain boxes to launder money. So there was a, a precious metal store next door. Okay. So the people would go in there, take their cash, buy precious metals, and then store the precious metals in the boxes. And the owners of this place were in on it. But they also rented boxes to normal people because you're not just going to have a whole criminal enterprise running just themselves. You know what I'm saying? They had to. So be- so there's no. Do you? Th- it was. I mean. That's a little tricky there, too, because of the owners of the box. But then again, when you're dealing with third parties that have nothing to do with the crime and and their names were not on the on the warrants. No. So they take these people's stuff and the judge says you are not to go into any of these boxes. You can take them because you have to in order to do the rest of the stuff that you need to do. But you need to get the stuff back to these people because they're not involved in this. But they're literally... Listen, it says this. They rummaged through personal belongings of a jazz saxophone player, an interior designer, a retired doctor, a flooring contractor, two Century City lawyers, and hundreds of others. They took photos of pay stubs, password lists, credit cards, a prenuptial agreement, immigration and vaccination records, bank statements, heirlooms, and a will, court records show. In one box, agents found cremated human remains. Like... They didn't, I I just, it's, it's disgusting. Like not only that, but like they used the contents of the boxes to open what we talked about on Friday, basically uh, in intelligence investigations into people. So they looked, they said, oh, this box looks a little shady. Let's run through this ent- person's entire life. And well, what fu- kind of crimes are they coming up with? They, they, there was one person that they, um, that they talked to a, a, about in here who wanted his stuff back. Um, Hold on. Let's see. Agents had. Hold on. I got to find it. It was it was in here. Um, Hold on. Pausing it. I'll just start here. It says in the raids aftermath, the criminal case against U.S. private vaults, which was the company sputtered to an end with nobody sent to prison. So the whole main reason of this 
nobody went to prison. The company went out of business, was sentenced to pay a $1.1 million fine for laundering drug money, but prosecutors conceded it lacked the means to pay it. Under a plea deal, the attorney general, the U.S. attorney's office agreed not to prosecute the company's owners, despite a Justice Department policy under Garland to hold individuals accountable for corporate wrongdoing. And despite the warrant, the, the FBI agent telling the judge it was owned and managed by criminals. Um, records from dozens of lawsuits stemming from the raid make clear it produced a windfall of tens of millions of dollars for the Justice Department. Local police departments that assisted in the raid have sought shares of the money. Some of the government's gains came from customers who abandoned the boxes. There's a good number of people who said, I just don't want it back. There were 20 or 30 of those. Um, and then other, other people gave up portions of their cash and property after deciding it wasn't worth spending tens of thousands of dollars to get it back. And then some have faced baseless FBI accusations of criminal wrongdoing. Here's the one. In May of 2021, the FBI claimed the contents of 369 boxes, including the 86 million in cash, were linked to crime and filed papers for confiscation through forfeiture. It returned everything in about 180 of the boxes after failing to produce evidence support to support the allegations. Those box hold holders got about 27 million among them. Attorneys for other customers say they recovered close to 25 million more through private negotiations with the U.S. Attorney's Office. Prosecutors pressed ahead, filing more than 40 court complaints to confiscate millions of dollars from box holders to challenge the seizures. In some of those cases, prosecutors cited no evidence that the money was tied to any crime, alleging simply that a dog smelled drug residue on the cash or that it had bagged and wrapped in a way that aroused suspicion. In a few cases, prosecutors in the FBI accused holders by name of committing multiple felonies, offered zero evidence to back up the allegations, and then gave them back everything. One of those customers was a glassware maker who kept more than $340,000 in cash and gold in his box. In a declaration, he said he rented the box in 2020 because it was a disturbing and scary time of social upheaval and he distrusted banks. Prosecutors falsely accused the man of fraud, racketeering, conspiracy, drug traf trafficking, and money laundering. You see, and that's an example just right there too of people just reading the tea leaves and wanting to uh, wanting to do something independent of the system that is obviously on a uh, a crash course with disaster, and that in itself can become suspicious. Yeah, it's t it's terrible. It, listen to this: <laughs> FBI agent Madison McDonald, who co-authored the raid plan, filed a sworn statement saying the allegations were true. The complaint included no evidence that the glassware maker had committed any of the crimes, but alleged he had an extensive history of narcotic trafficking arrests and convictions. The man's lawyer castigated the prosecutors for exaggerating expunged misdemeanors, saying they intentionally omitted he'd been arrested 16 years ago and was never convicted of a felony. Prosecutors demanded the glassmaker provide a sworn statement on when, why, and from whom he received every dollar of the 340000 the names of everyone who'd given him gifts since 2017, five years of tax returns for him and his wife, a doctor, and all of their bank investment, bank and investment account numbers. Before proceeding too far down the road on this case, do you have a settlement offer to resolve this matter? Assistant U.S. Attorney Victor Rogers asked Toby in an email six days later. The government is prepared to be reasonable in connection with the resolution. And I think that an early settlement of this case would probably be beneficial to both parties. Ready? Toby yes. refused to cut a deal. 
She asked U.S. District Court, uh, Judge Mark Scarcy to put a stop to the government's abuse and overreach by dismissing the complaint. On March 9th, a year after the FBI seized his cash and gold, he ordered the government to give it back. Amazing. I, I, how in the ever-living hell do they just usually get away with this crap? Civil asset forfeiture yep. is... Um, is I, I I don't even know I don't even know how to rank the evils that are perpetrated by our state federal local governments anymore, but civil asset forfeiture and, and seizing of uh, personal items like this with with just you know impunity is among everything I, uh, the the self employment tax the the inheritance death tax I mean, it's just. This is just par for the course, but it's horrible to hear. Have you seen like the veteran? There's a story about a veteran, and I'm not going to remember exactly everything about it, but I've read it um, a long, a while back. They they pulled him over, and he had his entire life savings in the car. For he was transporting it, he was moving yep. it, whatever. Texas, not, right? I, I believe so. It was a stop in Texas. This is exactly what I was thinking about when I said it. Veteran entire life savings stolen. The government pulls him over. Um, for something like, you know, some traffic violation. And they just, you know, as per usual, the cops basically say, yeah, it was Nevada. It was Nevada. The, yeah. the cops basically say like, you know, oh, uh, would you mind if we search your car? You know, and, and the guys are like, I guess so. Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? The officers admit there's nothing illegal about carrying large amounts of cash. Then they take almost $90,000 from him. They steal it. He wasn't arrested or charged with the crime, but the officers claimed the money was drug trafficking proceeds and seized through a practice known as civil asset forfeiture. The, the, the man has done nothing of the sort at all. And the DEA still has his money. I'm telling you, it's, it's one of the many evils that is perpetrated by American governments. <sighs> Damn, damn, the, the, the safety deposit. You know, has the safety deposit box thing been going on for about a year or two? Because this actually does sound familiar. It has, yes. Okay, then I have, I, it's been a while. This is a, a good update on it then. So there, so people are just starting to get their, their stuff back. Yeah, I mean, they, they're in the middle of this um, class action lawsuit right now, the box holders that had their stuff taken. So this story came out in the LA Times on the 23rd. Hmm. I'm going to dig into this. this. This is just too too intriguing for me to not read all about. I, I need to know everything, everything about this. I can't believe that this is, I can believe, I'm sorry. Again, weaponized justice system against like the, F, the FBI whistleblower that came out on Bongino's show. And then there was the other one who finally put a face to a name, friend, um, was his last name through Miranda Devine in the New York Post. They say literally that invest FBI agents are opening up intelligence investigations on innocent people all over the country for no reason other than maybe you pass somebody in a damn hallway and you'll never know if they're looking through all your crap and you'll never know what they're finding and you'll never know if they close it or if it's still open and they're just waiting for the day that you sneeze in the wrong direction to do whatever politically motivated crap show that they feel like doing. Not a good, not a good situation to live under. It's terrifying. And and, if, and for anybody, anybody to wring their hands over what might be going on in Russia, 
I, I love that's why I love when people go, "Oh, Russia's not pro, not very pro LGBT." It's like, what? What are we? Are you have no people have no clue? It's no clue. It's not happening to them right now, so of course they don't care. Well, it's well, it's also just you know st- st- stupidity of average Americans who think that the metric of whether or not your country is an evolved, uh, fair place is whether or not they they support all of these these uh, side projects and identity causes and all that other stuff. Because when it comes to actual liberty and human rights, to be the ability to, to speak, the ability to move your money around without incident. Now, anything of anything over six hundred dollars, they've got their sniffer on. I know it. Any metric that is actually measured by a country that actually, uh, I don't know, values liberty of the individual is not a place. We're not going to score very high on that. But but we do love drag shows. Oh yeah. So, so you got to give us that. Um, the next one, it just, it, it shook me to my core. And I think there's a little more to it than what it's looking like. And I'll explain why in a second. But this is uh, the story of Mark. I think it's Houck, H-O-U-C-K, 48, father of seven from Pennsylvania. And he is a, I I think it's Catholic. I don't think it's a Christian. Yeah, it's Catholic. He's the founder of a Catholic organization called the King's Men. Now this is not, um, this is not mentioned really very many places in the reporting on this, but he goes to um, pray at abortion centers, right? And he sits outside and he had a son with him to do this. He brings his son and, and his son, you know, at the time of this incident we're going to talk about was about 12. And so he's been harassed by an anti, um, a pro-abortion protester for a, a long time until finally the guy started getting up in his son's face. And screaming obscenities and like saying his dad was a, was a, the, the terrible word we use to describe gay people that starts with an F. I'm not even going to say it. I can't. Um, and so he, he pushes the guy down because he gets up in his 12 year old son's face screaming about how his dad's an F. And then I guess the cops are called. The guy tries to press charges against him. They drop everything. Nothing, nothing succeeds. A year later, 35 FBI agents show up to this man's house at seven o'clock in the morning. They all have their guns drawn. They hold him at gunpoint. They say, why are you here? The kids are freaking out. They say, we're arresting you. He says, show me the warrant. They say, we don't have to show you the warrant. They're taking you whether they show it or not. What the, what the, oh my gosh. Like that in and of itself. So yes, that tells you everything you need to know. and so they say, you're you're basically kidnapping me at this point if you don't show me a warrant for my arrest. So they show the, the warrant to them and then the kids lose their minds because they're carting their father away off to prison. 35 FBI agents in a, in a pre-dawn raid on his house. I'm surprised that the feds didn't start beating the children up. I, that's going to be next. And then all the left is just going to laugh. They deserved it. Yep. They're religious. Yep. They deserved that. <laughs> But well, yeah, maybe they shouldn't be pushing escorts down. Now, let's just say this. They say that the government, the FBI, who actually the DOJ put a press release out about this on Friday. OK, a press release for this. It, Gotta get ahead of it. What in the ever living hell is going on here? So they say 
U.S. Attorney Jacqueline C. Romero announced that Mark Houck, 48, of Pennsylvania, was charged by indictment with the violation of the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances Act, which makes it a federal crime to use force with the intent to injure, intimidate, and interfere with anyone because that person is a provider of reproductive... He was using force? The force of what, a conversation? Was he barricading the front door? No. They're saying that the man he pushed down was an escort for pregnant women to get into the building. Let me tell you something. That's a load of horse pucky. That is not true. That guy was a protester. They're throwing that label on him to make an example out of Mark over here. Okay? The the quote that the DOJ uses, it's a, well first of all it says let let me let me explain. I'm just going to read it. it. It does the best job. According to court documents, the defendant is alleged to have twice assaulted a man because he was a volunteer reproductive health care clinic, clinic escort. The charges stem from two separate incidents, both, both on October 13th, 2021, a year ago, which occurred at the Planned Parenthood Elizabeth Blackwell Health Center on Locust Street in Philadelphia, where Mark Hoke allegedly assaulted the victim, a 72-year-old man identified in the indictment as B.L., because he was a volunteer escort at the reproductive health care clinic. But by the way, he's got this whole thing on tape, so I'm just going to say that. Um, in the first incident, BL was attempting to escort two patients exiting the clinic when the defendant forcefully shoved him to the ground. In the second incident, the defendant verbally confronted him and forcefully shoved him to the ground in front of the Planned Parenthood Center, causing injuries that required medical attention. Put simply, violence is never the answer, Frank. Are you sure? He could be up for set 11 years in prison. 11 years in prison and fines of up to $350,000. The feds sure, sure think that uh, violence is the answer. I just, I, I can't, I just can't. There are really dangerous people out there committing absolutely heinous crimes. And the FBI is storming someone's house with 35 agents for pushing a man down on the sidewalk outside an abortion clinic. Can we just let, let's pretend he really did push him down outside and there was nothing else going on. And he just said, I don't like that man. I'm going to push him down. That is not a federal crime. That, that's a, that's a, a little petty dispute on the sidewalk between people who don't have a, are you kidding? They want to make sure people ha kill their children. Okay, they have to make sure it is a very valued and important American right. Nobody should stand in the way, even if it's just a the inconvenience of a of a of a conversation. Nothing, nothing should delay the killing of that child. So there's your there's your there's the uh, the feds for you. You know, there's the old saying is uh, the old saying goes to pick your battles. Sometimes you got to just pick your battles. Well, they like creating theirs. Well, here's another reason why I think they're targeting Mark. You ready? Yeah. He started a um, a mission called the Kingsmen. And on their website, it says, the Kingsmen is a Roman Catholic lay apostolate faithfully executing on its mission to help men across the country and across the world be better husbands, fathers, and leaders. That is the first indiscretion right there. You cannot have strong men in this country. It is not allowed. Um, during its 15-year history, the apostolate has supported the formation of 50 weekly men's accountability groups across 30 dioceses, run over 60 dynamic weekend retreats, delivered presentations and workshops at hundreds of conferences, and um, given courageous witness in defense of human life and the dignity of women, leading to the closure of more than 20 sexually orientated businesses 
and positively influenced the lives of hundreds of thousands of men. So it looks like this group is pretty active in combating the absolute filth that has permeated um, our society. <laughs> and that, I guess, puts a big target on your back. Well, you know who loves it? Uh, Jennifer Rubin. Oh, yeah. Jennifer Rubin loves it. Jennifer Rubin wants people dead. She she literally. She wants she wants anybody and anybody who even uh, identifies politically as just a milk toast Republican. She wants dead. She said that. She said, um, "We need to burn down the Republican Party, and we have to level them because if there are any survivors, if there are like anybody who weathers this storm, they will do it again." Whatever it I was is, just say what's it? I, I don't know. I don't know. But she also, this was also in, because um, I think over the weekend she said that we have to get away from this pretend balance in news coverage because we have to. I, I don't know because Trump and his defenders are so dangerous that we need to discard this false balance in media reporting that we have developed over, you know, however many years. Yeah. Turley had a column on this this weekend. Yeah. Where he was basically saying like, look, um, hold on, I'll find it. Because he was saying like people already think that the 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 uh, journalism is obviously biased. Um, she she wants it to be even more biased. And she here uh, he pretty much she wants the FBI institutions like the FBI to not have to go through the rigmarole of even pretending that what they're doing is for the well-being of the nation. That she she wants all, everything you just described with the two stories, safety deposit box and the other thing. She wants that to just be nakedly what we already know what it is. Let's strip away all of the bells and whistles here and let's just team up to make sure that anybody who is not a Democrat is absolutely destroyed I, I i can't my mind goes to dark places i mean have meanwhile have you seen what they're doing it's a, a, along the same vein kind of did you see that um maloney won in or she she pretty much won in in italy yeah good for her and they're starting to call her a um they're, they're saying she's linked to mussolini Oh, yeah. Like, like, they are going after this woman like I've not seen since. Stay strong. Stay she, strong, Signora. She, and, and I love listening to her speak. Will sent me something this morning. I'm just going to play it. It reminds me of my family, and I'm sure it does remind you of your family, too. Yeah. Um, it's funny. The Pacific had a, a headline. Women's rights in danger after Italy elects first female prime minister. That's literally the headline. Think about it. <laughs> Women's rights in danger after Italy elects first female <laughs> prime minister. Here she is. Listen to this. It's beautiful. E tante altre di queste domande. A monte c'è quella che ci facciamo oggi, perché la famiglia è un nemico? Perché la famiglia fa così paura? C'è una risposta unica per tutte queste domande. Perché ci definisce, perché è la nostra identità. I love Italian. Perché tutto quello che ci definisce in questo tempo She's basically saying they think that the family is the enemy. I know. Isn't family, uh, family, country, and God. Yep. And I, and, and if that they say that is a very dangerous message. Well, 
very dangerous. If you if you're against that, it's very dangerous. So, I, yeah, no, it's a dog whistle. <laughs> They're they're clearly clearly not winning, Frank. Clearly not winning. If this is happening in Italy, there is nothing left. There's nothing left of them in the United States except the media and their pollsters and anyone else who just projects projects whatever they want onto the blank screen. I, it's just they have nothing but projection. Well, the, and, you know, one of the big issues in Italy and we I mean, it has been overtaken by illegal immigration, Italy. And we covered this very early on in, in the covid crisis, because you remember all the illegal immigration from China. China has taken over Italy. China has one belt, one road right into northern Italy. They took over the fashion industry. They took over every industry, every, you know, small business was routed out by illegal immigration. They have had a very big problem with it, probably worse than we have, honestly, um, so far anyway. And she's running on a very strong, like, like, let's get the Navy to stop these boats from coming over here. Enough is enough already. These people are committing crime upon crime. I mean, I detailed it in my Why Italy column about covid um, why why was Italy so hard struck by COVID? And it was because there is immigration from China over to Italy, either legal or illegal or travel or whatever over there from China that was happening in on mass right after COVID struck. And the prime minister of Italy at the time was saying they'd started a hug a Chinese campaign because they, they the Italian people were like, oh, that, that person's from China. They could have, be sick. So they, they went out and said, this is racist. You have to do hug a Chinese. Go up and hug your Chinese neighbor. And yeah. that's what was one of the biggest reasons for the spread of COVID in Italy. Which is also so incredibly dehumanizing. Hug a Chinese quick. Yeah, yeah. Show, show how much you don't think that they're some filthy disease-carrying dog. Oh, quick. It's, oh. Do you mind if I hug you? This is a new initiative for the government. I just, and I'm so sorry that you're going through this. Going through what? Leave me alone. <laughs> so, I mean, that's positive. The fact that she was even able to wrangle enough of the vote, given that many of us don't really trust any votes that happen anywhere anymore. So there's that. Gives you a little bit of hope. Sort of. And then there was this huge fire in, in, uh, in France. The largest, um, the world's biggest produce market is located in Paris and it was on fire over the weekend. Like a massive fire. Yeah, I saw this. It's, you know, I'm sure it's just everything, you know, normal, just an accident. Somebody threw, you know, some a match into a basket full of paper or something. No worries. It's all good. Um, did you see also what uh, Liz Cheney is doing to Carrie Lake? No, what? <laughs> It only took that. Listen to this. Listen to her. Uh, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that Carrie Lake is not elected. So. Does that include campaigning for Democrats if that's what it takes? Yes, it does. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uniparty in full effect. It's there's nothing Nothing hiding it anymore. The fig leaf is gone. It's it's kind of fantastic, actually. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Bring it on. I, I the fig leaf is gone. 
Yeah, I it, the, the naked the, the emperor is naked in in town square. Everybody can see it now. The emperor has been flayed. <laughs> he's not he's not just naked. He has been flayed. You can see his insides as well. Liz Cheney, like Carrie Lee came out and was like, well, they really love her in Wyoming. <laughs> so she, I mean, she, this is, this is the, the, the scream, the screams of a dying neoconservative slash, I don't even know what you, uh, fascist slash communist bastion. I, I don't, I, I just saying. I mean, I, I have never seen anything like this before. Oh, and then they asked uh, Kamala Harris about um, what she feels about the Latino vote being lost, basically, because guess what? They're not. Most most Hispanic people, I can speak from some experience, are not crazy progressive trans leftists. They are God, family, country people like in Italy. They have a culture and a heritage, and they are very strongly rooted in that for the most part. So here she is talking about um, Democrats and 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 Latinos. Do you think that your party, the Democrat Party, has lost touch with Latinos? I will tell you, I have been um, so proud to be here with Latino leaders in Milwaukee talking about the work that we have done as an administration that has been focused on the Latino population. I'm here at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. Uh, I've been meeting with students, and these Latino leaders, leaders know and have Little. thanked us for the work that we have done to relieve student loan debt. Um. What? That, well, that's not an answer to the question. Is hey, have you uh, spoken to anybody from the Latino community about school debt? That's the that would be a maybe answer to that question. An answer to that question, even though it would be a lie as well. <laughs> but uh, but she's Louise. She is a very untalented woman, isn't she? She's terrible. Just te- I mean, just terrible. What an unfortunate I, person. She, I, like she, she, she's, there's nothing, there's nothing there. There's another clip she had about community banks. Um, hold on. Let me see if I can find it. Oh, did you see on Netflix, they have the Dahmer, the Dahmer series out? Yeah. My friend's been talking about it all weekend. So is my daughter. <laughs> She's obs- but now she stopped watching it. I think she stopped now because of the last episode that they had on. It's get, it gets worse and worse. I, I mean, I, I know a good amount about the Dahmer story as it is, but I mean, from what I have gathered, because of course it's Netflix and um, it uh, one uh, one somebody close to me was was rehashing the reasons why and all that stuff to uh, others around me, and I'm I'm here I'm overhearing things like. Well, you know, this is back during a time when you can go and you can you can kill uh, black and gay people and and nobody would even care. And but oh, and this is why blah blah blah. blah. So obviously, Netflix is is playing up some some cult. They have to put in some kind of a a cultural anti-gay, anti-black scourge as being the, the impetus for Dahmer to go out and do this when he himself he was just a he was a. a, a uh, a, a psychopathic gay guy. I mean, he just went after people that, that he sexualized himself. I mean, this is not a, a guy who wanted to wipe the clean the the the, uh, the planet of gays and blacks. 
but that's just something that I had to put in there. I mean, um, you know, we, we know a lot about current crop of Democrats and their and their donors like Ed Buck, what they feel about young, young black boys in cowboy boots. So I wonder what the Netflix the Netflix special on Ed Buck is going to be. <laughs> well, look, the, what what uh, little Helga said about the last episode was that basically the entire episode was a commercial for BLM oh. without saying it. Because she was like, the entire 40 minutes of this episode was about how the police wouldn't listen to the black people talking about what Dahmer was doing because they were black. The whole episode. And she's like, they wouldn't listen to anybody about what he was doing. She was like, there were so many different people trying to tell the police that this man was just not doing the right thing. And they ignored everything. So it had nothing to do necessarily with the race of the people. It was just the culture of the cops involved. It's funny because like, you know, if if that's almost like what the FBI is like today, Frank, they ignore the actual crimes going on and they go after people for like accidentally signing the wrong date on a parking ticket. Uh, if you want to listen to anything, I mean, it's very hard to get through, but it's it's wonderfully done. And I'd love to get her on my show. But there is a um, a podcast serial called The Clown and the Candyman. Okay, it's about um, uh, what's his name? Oh, shit. Bundy. Uh, I don't think you no, know, it's not Bundy. It's um, oh god, who, who's the one? Who's the one that's dressed up like the clown? I forget. Um, killing me here. John Wayne Gacy. Gacy, but there was someone else. Dean Coral. Yeah, The Clown and the Candyman. It is a serial that you can listen to on podcasts and all that. It is absolutely horrifying. And I can tell you, I can tell you one of the biggest reasons why it was so hard to detect what was going on at the time is because the culture was shifting and it was starting to create these absolute psychopaths and not only were, were these types of killers becoming more and more prevalent and more readily introduced to society, uh, so they didn't people didn't know what they were looking for. They couldn't conceive of any kind of evil like this. Yeah. So, the, so from, from on a law enforcement standpoint, if you want to go listen to the other one, um, Sons of Sam, you if you, anybody wants to go watch a really good Netflix one on uh, on serial killers, they should go watch the Sons of Sam. Sons of Sam. I think I've seen that. You should. I mean, I, and I, I, I did a really great show on that um, with some people who knew, uh, what's his name, the actual chief investigator in the whole thing. That that show that Berkowitz was really um, a very small player in the entire thing, and it it, it actually exposed a larger nationwide cult network of satanic ritual and and everything else, and it's horrifying now. Netflix needs to make this about race and sexuality or else it's not Netflix now, even though they, they managed to keep it on the back burner a little bit for the Sons of Sam thing two years ago. But I, even the captain with the Derek Jeter uh, series, I skip, I think I ended up skipping over a cumulative episode and a half just because they could not stop. They could not stop with the black activism. And, and it. And you it, liked that to start. You really liked it. it That's was a, sad. It was wonderful. Well, you know, Spike Lee's a part of it. Oh, okay. So I was giving him. I was actually giving him credit for you know keeping his uh, 
his lesser urges to the wayside a little bit. They've been, nope. Yeah, it never, it never goes that way. So the, just for the clown and the candy man, the actual, the summary says two serial killers, uh, Dean Coral and John Wayne Gacy, thousands of miles apart, brutally murdered over 60 teenage boys. The police said the murders were the work of these soul deranged killers. But for the first time, we reveal that they were actually connected by a network of pedophiles, which was partially financed by prominent members of American society. Mm-hmm. This is America's sordid secret. Uh, the, another one, another one you should listen to is Penny Royal podcast. Penny that, Royal. Penny Royal podcast. Listen to season one, and it takes you. It, it's all stuff. It's very weird. It goes from paranormal to satanic. Um, very odd, weird shit that's going on in this one county in Kentucky. Huh. So Penny Royal podcast and the Clown and the Candy Man, and you'll see. Uh, you'll see. I mean, Netflix just can't help itself. You know, it's the home of the Obamas at this point. So of course they're going to make uh, they're going to make Dahmer all about the 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 the, the, the plight of of gays and blacks. You know what's crazy is they tagged the show LGBTQ. Oh yeah. Yeah. And people are losing their, the LGBTQ people are angry that they tagged it that way. And then I read a piece about some of the victims' families. Like, they're like, oh my gosh, why do we have to, like, have this? Why? Like, they're being re-victimized by it. Um, and and their reasons why they think that this is a very bad idea for them to do this story or this this doc, this series. They, about- re- they re-victimize anybody. I mean, their their entire platform is about reaching hundreds of years into the past to re-victimize people who have nothing to do with whatever they've cherry-picked from the 17th century or the 15th century. Mm-hmm. They th- This is what they do. So, yeah, uh, any kind of reminder, if you're a black or a gay person, that, look, this is your real history. You've been brutalized. That's all they do. I was on the phone with with Brandon Strzok yesterday. And I said to him, can I ask you something? Because I just have to ask you this. Why is it that that we have, because, oh, let, let me tell you why I was talking. I mean, we talk a lot, but this is why I was talking to him. He actually has managed, and I can't believe this. I really can't. He has managed to put together, Frank, a debate that will be held in D.C., the Black Americans Right First Left Culture War Showdown. He has three Black Americans from the left and three Black Americans from the right, and they are actually going to debate each other. Who would he get for the right? Because it's all a matter of who he got for the right. He has Delano Squires, who is a research fellow um, at the Davos Family Center for Life, Religion, and Family. Uh, Shamika Michelle who is an author and a Blaze contributor. Um, she's, I, I actually know her. She's actually pretty cool. And then Malik Abdul, who is a GOP strategist and commentator. I think I, I know, I think I've seen Malik Abdul on the, on YouTube. And then on the left, they have Amisha Cross, who is an activist commentator and democratic strategist. Uh, Robert Patillo, a civil rights attorney, activist, radio host, and political analyst, and M. Reese Everson, who is an author and attorney and advocate. Too bad they couldn't get somebody like Jason Riley. I think, you know, they went to a lot of people, um, and a bunch of them were like, yes, we'll do it, and then said, we can't do it. Our people said it would be it would be suicide for us. Career suicide. So, yeah, but, but how would that be career suicide if that's your career? Be, I guess because... Walk away and Brandon and J6 and 
Oh, God. Yep. But he did it. He pulled it off. October 15th, 6 p.m., Washington, D.C. And I said to him, we started talking about what's going on in, in, you know, the world and whatever. And I said, why is it that when, you know, gay people in general are basically now privileged in society, forget about, you know, underprivileged or scorned or, or held back, are they flailing about as though they they have nothing and they're they're being oppressed everywhere and I'm like can you explain it to me and he said that's actually one of the reasons I walked away because when we were given uh you know marriage rights that's what we'd been fighting for for however long we'd been fighting and we got it and I was like thank goodness okay we're on firm ground now like I'm happy and then there were other people that just wouldn't stop. They just kept demanding more and more and more. And then he was like, I looked at it and I'm like, this is not about actually getting rights for people that supposedly didn't have them before. This is about much, much more than that. Yeah, 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 I know. It's, yeah. And. Yeah. Oh, hey, it, it comes down to whether or not you like the ill-gotten privileges. If you if you like feeling that warm, comfy blanket of I can do or say anything, then you'll you'll say all right, yeah, yeah. I guess I guess my I guess my shared history with people I don't know is very bad. You know, there was there was a couple things that have happened over the over the uh, past couple of days or weeks. One of them was that teacher in Canada that goes in with like those ridiculously massive prosthetic breasts on. Have you yeah, seen this? I, yeah, I, I, I do. And, and I'm, I'm, uh, I was actually, gonna, I might, I don't know. I was thinking about saying some stuff about that tonight because I still, I still think that this guy is a, a troll, a really. Oh, you don't think, you don't think it's an actual, you think he's. I, I think that he is holding steady. I don't know. Why would you go to that degree? Why? I mean, it's one thing to be one of many crazy teachers out there that want to make the entire school day about them and their issues, because that is a plenty. But for this person who I've read things, uh, of course, it's just from anonymous people who say that they know him and that this is definitely a troll job or whatever. But I didn't need that to start suspecting why yes. did it did it go with the garbage bag size boobs? I it just it's too. It's too much of a parody. Just and because you know what they got, they got uh, when I forgot who did it, maybe Rebel News or somebody up there in Canada went to the school to ask about dress code uh, and all that other stuff to the principal of the school and got the principal to a say no, the dress code is just for children, not for teachers, and then also came to the point where he corrected the the Rebel News correspondent for referring to the teacher as he saying mm. we we um we stand by the identity uh chosen identity of all of our teachers so this guy with these massive garbage bag boobs with the with the, the ridiculously pronounced nipples is is doing a shop class and he's even gotten his teacher to go out there and say, no, the, well, it's a she. It's a she. I I have a feeling that they're – I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I, I Listen, it, it, most of the time when you have a gut feeling like that about stuff like this, it's not wrong. So, I mean, I haven't looked into it enough to, to tell you my – All you got to look into is the boobs. Why would anybody do that? <laughs> Crazy people. Crazy. Yeah. So there's that. And then there's this there, – there's Forbes, 
that held like this woman's empowerment summit and a bunch of feminists went to it. But one of them is this quote trans woman who is a TikToker named Dylan Mulvaney. Okay. And Dylan Mulvaney like goes out there and skips and hops around and pretends to be afraid of bugs and like every bad stereotype of a woman that you could possibly imagine this man is doing and pretending to uh, when he's pretending to be a woman. So like the fem and then he goes to speak at this feminist conference. So this man dressed up as a woman who is emulating the most stereotypical like insulting behavior that women do being afraid of little bugs um liking flowers you know like just the 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 milk toast women things that are like usually associated with women that that completely devoid they they strip women of any any real substance at all and and he just prances around in his little dress and his little booty shorts talking about like like and these I don't understand why people keep on misgendering me I'm a woman and it's like holy moly what the hell is even happening right now and then he goes to a feminist conference and they give him the stage and they don't even realize they're plotting their own demise as they're standing there well it's wonderful entertainment when you have a uh, a man that uh reduces him reduces himself to a woman I mean, that's just that's why it was always funny when when you had a an effeminate character in a in a movie or a show or something that pops up or I mean, it's just it's a guy acting like a woman that was it, it was a commonly seen absurdity. Yeah, it was a sat- satirized. Often. Yeah, it, yeah, it was an absurdity. And, and, and it's it's just becoming a little bit more of a people are frozen in place and don't know how to react to it is it is this now an act of courageousness is this a social triumph is this somebody who is completely sick uh is this you know what how should i react because this used to be pure comedy and now um any one wrong move and you've been disinvited to the party you know michael knowles had a video on this last night i came across it late on youtube Um, And in it, he says that we need to use the power of the state to stop these people from acting this way. And I think that's completely the wrong way to go about it. Completely. Like, you can get people to stop acting like this by by refusing to permit it in, in polite society by basically boycotting it. Well, I mean, yeah. What are you going to do? Have the government come in and say men can't dress as women? Not in schools. Well, th- that's fine. I, he means like in general life. He doesn't mean like in a school or that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about in general. No, no. Yeah. It, here's the problem. The problem isn't that men are dressing like women because they step out of the house. Uh, anybody who has been completely um, destroyed mentally, emotionally since they are five years old by a school system that is teaching them to look at that kind of thing as a wonderful expression of human identity um, – if you don't have a a species that is being forced to um, to actualize this in an unnatural way, then it does take care of themselves. That's just it. The problem is, yeah, it's just they're, they're walking down the street and people are afraid to say anything because they know what kind of political machine is standing behind it. You just gotta you gotta just disrupt and dismantle the machine, and then we go back to what nature intended. Yeah. 
eventually, I mean, it'll take a couple of generations at this point, but. Yeah, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna take a while, especially when you've got kids up on stage putting dollar bills into drag queens, like underwear. I mean, this is just, I, I went, I made the sad mistake of going to, um, libs of TikTok to find a clip of something and I'm barraged by all of this crazy that I'm looking for. <laughs> My gosh. My gosh. Anyway, that's it for today, Frank. Okay. You have been listening to the Monday edition of the Dark Delight Podcast with... It may not be that chilly right now, Val. <laughs> and beans. You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2.30 Eastern Time on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com. We will be back on Wednesday. Later. <laughs>